Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag 3, whoever he is. Get your porn fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this This is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true international over the person. (laughs) Hey, why the fuck is the gas so hot, bitch? Corrupt politicians in both parties spent trillions, killed millions, made billions for themselves in places like Iraq and Afghanistan, fighting wars that sent thousands of our sons and daughters, people my age, to die in wars that did not advance anyone's interests. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first, or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In this case, we've got two of them on stage. Fucking they're five-inch heels, and I don't wear them unless you can run in them. I wear heels. They're not for a fashion statement. They're for ammunition. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. It gets Whoa. the people going. I doubt it. You are fake news. Are you trying to be funny? It's not against the law, ho. Fuck you. Very fake news. You talk like a fag, and your shit's all retarded. That's disgusting. Well, it's not my concern. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. All right. America... Go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations <laughs> to both of you. You're awesome. All right, go, go. In five, four, three. I can't do it. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no, we'll do it live. <laughs> Fuck it, we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the very best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do. I'm told this is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen. I'm flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Hello. Not to be a downer or a complainer or an excuse maker but i feel like absolute crap today i don't know i, I think i ate something bad or that's okay i've had an upset stomach sick? all day and i'm exhausted i think you know what i think i have a dvt of the abdomen i think is it's moved from my calf to the abdomen but uh Gross. the show must go on and so the show are you saying you have diarrhea shall. uh no not really actually i just have like a killer stomach ache and i'm really tired for some reason uh-oh. So I don't know. Uh, I like the sound of this, buddy. But the show must go on. If we are a little shorter and a little less in-depth this evening, that would be why. But there are plenty of items to discuss. Got to get to the viral debate moment of the week. Vivek. I always I, I want to say Vivek. Vivek? Vivek, Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm just waiting there, until there's Trump. There's no way that's right. Please, Trump, bail us out. Call him Aladdin so I can call him Aladdin going forward. It's much easier to say. Vivek calls Nikki Haley Dick Cheney in heels, and she responds that she wears heels for ammunition, and everyone wonders what the hell that means. As far as I'm aware, we don't have official clarification from Nikki Haley yet. She just repeats the line, and everyone says, what do you mean by that? She says it again. An old man who is uh, fed up and has had enough opens fire on protesters blocking a road in Panama. The uh, photograph is awfully iconic. The smirk with the... uh, 
shell casing going right by his brow. We'll get to that later in the show. Uh, a man who intervenes in a New York City subway mugging with warning shots is arrested. And the woman who was being mugged says she was terrified and wishes that he wouldn't have shot on her behalf. She calls him a hero, but the gun was excessive. So we want heroes who uh, I, I guess are very polite with handling criminals is the lesson here. I hate all of the people involved in this story, actually. Well, it sounds a lot more complex than I realized based on your understanding of it. So we will get to what likely happened to explain the confrontation between the hobo and that woman. Makes sense. Not that it's, well, I won't tease it too much. Uh, she might have been, she, she might have had a, a role in it, I suppose, is what you're saying. She was wearing a short skirt that invited the hobo. Yeah, I bitch <laughs> had it coming. I support okay. her getting robbed. Ah, the hobo did nothing wrong. Yeah. All right. Plus, uh, we have the latest update from officials in Nashville about the transgender shooters manifesto. We have hoax hate, of course. And tonight's movie review is Equilibrium. So stick around. We'll catch up with your super chats in between topics, 10 bucks and up on the Sunday show, of course, because we are no good low down money grabbers. It will be all this and more on your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show for as little as a buck a month over on the website. That is mattchristensenmedia.com. Listener support is hugely appreciated and it is what keeps the show operational. So if you enjoy the show, please consider supporting the show. We also have show merchandise for sale over on the site. Plus, we have friendly offers from, well, we have offers from our friendly listener-owned businesses as well, rather. This week's uh, feature business is our friends over at Western Razor Company. Most razors sold today are made in China by global conglomerates that hate you. Well, not anymore. The high noon safety razor from Western Razor is made in America with all metal, no plastic, long lasting construction and uses widely available double edge, ra- double edge razor blades that only cost pennies each. Safety razors were used by just about every man in America back in the 50s and the 60s, until the big razor companies figured out they could make more money selling disposables and signing you up for endless subscriptions. But the safety razor has always been the superior method for a better shave at a lower long-term cost. Don't forget, you can still get the high noon safety razor in the rare and exotic rose gold finish. Plus, Western Razor also offers value packs to get your razor and a giant pack of blades in one convenient package. And did you know Western Razor also sells Caswell Massey Shave Cream, the preferred shave cream of George Washington himself? It's true. You can look it up. In the meantime, Western Razor is working on their own shave cream recipe as well. So shave better and less expensively and support American manufacturing when you pick up a Western Razor. Get 10% off your entire order using promo code MATT10. That's promo code MATT10 for 10% off everything from our friends at Western Razor. You can find everything you need from Western Razor, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses like Hero Soap Company, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners, for listeners. And don't forget, my personal selection for shampoo and conditioner from Hero Soap Company is now available it is a mango pineapple blend called the Island. Or you can call Don't it. Don't get sham- confused and put it on your balls though. Well, I, I think this would, I think it'll clean and condition the hair anywhere in your body. Anyway. Oh, really? 
You made a pubic soap. Is it's that also known as it's also known as shampoo glue and conditioner, as dubbed by our clever listener. That's uh, excellent. But uh, it smells like a tropical paradise, and your shower will be greatly improved by it. As always, ten percent off the island shampoo and conditioner from Hero Soap Company using promo code MC Listener. Promo code MC Listener for ten percent ten percent off anything from Hero Soap as well. MattChristensenMedia.com slash deals for more information. Well, uh, of course, it is Veterans Day weekend. So happy Veterans Day to all the veterans listening out there. Joe Biden gave a speech to honor veterans this weekend. And he made sure to talk. Total sense. Well, you got to talk about what matters, because even when you're honoring the country's veterans, we have to have a special carve out, special acknowledgement for the gay ones. And we have to remember all the gay ones who were treated unfairly in years past with with discharges for being gay under don't ask, don't tell. The premise of bringing this up in the speech is already preposterous, but of course, Biden kind of fumbles the line anyway. And that no veteran is denied the honor they earn because they were discharged for being LBTQ plus. <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> Don't forget the G's. Yeah. No veteran. Oh, all veterans deserve to order a BLT plus with cheese on the sandwich. I don't know. Who knows what he's talking about? It's just, it's all the letters jumbled together. But, um, but yeah, I, I noticed we're talking about unfair discharges as people write in the comments. What about all those people you discharged for not wanting to take the vaccine? Do they deserve a little retroactive acknowledgement? Like, <laughs> I mean, even Veterans Day has to be made into a gay special interest thing. Yeah. Uh, what was the line? Oh, I, I should have delivered this better. I thought it was clever. In Biden's army, you have to take it in the arm and in the butt. <laughs> huh? Hey, like there was I a like better it. delivery option there. But what percentage of the army and the Marine Corps is is homosexual? Well, well, seriously, it's got to be way less than the general population. What is it in the general population these days? 70 percent. Well, there was always the joke about the Navy that the Navy is supposedly gay. See, I deliberately omitted the Navy. Okay, so so we're granting that it's like a, a higher than general population in the Navy. Oh yeah, those guys are homosexuals for sure. Well, okay, but that doesn't that doesn't stretch into the Marine Corps at all. That's where that there's a there's a line there. Mm, no, uh, I, right. it's got to be sub one percent gay and lesbian. I would have no idea, but I would imagine that's gone up over time. Uh, and well, I, I, I will say though that of the women in the Marine Corps. 99% of them must be. Ah, there's definitely uh, probably a disproportionate number there. And the other 1% are trying to bang your husband. <laughs> well, uh, in news that will shake up the Senate next year and, and could shake up the presidential race too, moderate Democrat Senator Joe Manchin announced this week he will not seek re-election to the Senate in 2024. Manchin says instead of uh, running for Senate again, he will explore whether he could run or be a part of a centrist third party presidential ticket uh, either way uh this is gonna this is gonna be a loss for democrats west virginia is all but guaranteed to elect a republican senator in his place and then if he does run like with romney or someone like that depending on who's on that ticket i would guess that ticket is more likely to take votes away from biden than trump trump's i think trump's uh the loyalty in trump's base is a lot stronger than the loyalty in biden's base I think the loyalty in Biden's base, to the extent that there is any, is based solely on the fact that he's not Trump. So if there's another third party, not Trump, perceived to be like 
normal candidate or normal ticket of Manchin yeah. Romney or something like that. I think that's more of a threat to Biden than it is to Trump. But Manchin has been in the Senate since 2010 after the death of Robert Byrd. And I uh, honestly, I know I said I wasn't feeling well and I haven't been. But yesterday I try, I sincerely tried to sit down and make an I will remember you cut for Joe Manchin. This guy is so boring. There was nothing to work with. I can't even. He's been in the Senate for over a decade. I'm sure there are gaffes out there, but I gave up. I spent about a half hour looking for maybe not a half hour, probably closer to 15 minutes looking for funny things. Yeah, I know. It was just there was nothing there. I mean, it was, it was scraping the barrel. So I said so I can't do that it. Tim Kaine quality of like a total absence of personality. But. If just because this senator isn't funny doesn't mean that all senators aren't funny, because if I can't get some comic relief through Joe Manchin, I present John Fetterman. And John Fetterman, of course, is funny sometimes for reasons he can't control or doesn't seem capable of controlling. Sometimes, though, he has it in him. I will call back to that moment a few weeks ago or maybe it was a couple months ago when Republicans announced that they were pursuing or they're going to start an impeachment inquiry against Biden. And a reporter brought that up to Fetterman said, Hey, what do you make of this news? And he did that. Oh no, not that anything, but that <laughs> Oh man. And just made fun of him and walked away in his stupid. It hoodie. was a shining moment. I know that's not the, the best, most yeah. hilarious line of all time or all that clever. It's just, it was something about the Fetterman delivery that made it funny. And the fact that senators don't usually behave that way that made it funny. Well, Fetterman had another uh, moment last Sunday. Fetterman was campaigning for a local politician in Allegheny County ahead of election day. And uh, some kind of pro Palestine heckler started yelling at Fetterman over Fetterman's support for Israel. Before the man was escorted out of the building, Fetterman shouted back at him. The jokes on you. I had a stroke, so I can't fully understand what you're saying. The man is eventually <laughs> escorted out by police as he tells the senator to go home. <laughs> the joke is on you for thinking that I'm mentally present. Yeah. J- joke is on the rest of us because that guy writes laws that govern the rest of us man, that he may or may not be able to understand. But. Mutiny on the left. It's crazy what's going on. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, there, uh, the other clip that went uh, viral this week, this uh, this non-binary indigenous DUI, it actually happened a few months ago. It was posted on a police body cam channel sometime over the summer. Yeah. But what uh, what do we know about the, the circumstances here, the context in which this happened? This is in uh, New Mexico a few months ago, but this chick who's clearly wasted. I don't know. She doesn't seem like super plastered to me but they smelled alcohol and this cop patience of a saint cop is like trying to be like nice and accommodating to her and she is just throwing every wokeism at him to get out of the situation she's in she's like i'm indigenous i'm non-binary i have mental health issues uh she talks about generational trauma it was just it was just a disaster it's really cringe i know we have a clip i tried to cut it down a lot but i I couldn't get it's like i 
I had to keep a lot of it because it's so hilarious. It's like five like, minutes, isn't it? Yeah. I definitely am not going to play five minutes, but I, I couldn't edit it down as, as short as I wanted it to because there's so much gold in there. Yeah. What's going on? Nothing. Why are you driving in the wrong way of traffic? No, I just got changed around. I just moved here like two months ago. I just have like really bad social anxiety and stuff. I get you. Right back here, please. Miss Perry? Am I? Well, I'm non-binary, so. Okay. What do you go by? It's Kai. How can I refer to you tonight? Kai? Kai? Okay. Hey, I'm smelling alcohol. I know. How much have you consumed tonight? Like, probably three drinks. Stand facing me, please. But I just want you to know that I also have very bad social anxiety. You and, and me both. Okay. Okay. Any recent head trauma, traumatic brain injuries, anything I need to know about? Uh, mental, yes. Focus on my finger, please. I am. You're just, like, trying to intimidate me. I don't know how I'm trying to do that. As you know, as an indigenous person, and there's a bunch of going around, I'm sorry, but it's just for me to be on my toes. I get you. Do you remember that I told you that I'm non-binary? Yeah, I'll try my hardest. Just like this, ma'am. Can you not call me ma'am, please? I'm trying my hardest. Okay, cool. Okay. It means a lot to me. I'm trying my hardest. I don't feel like a man, so. He suffered from really bad anxiety, especially with generational trauma and PTSD around white people and cops. Go ahead and place your hands behind your back. Don't, dude. Don't make don't, it hard. Please. Don't make it hard. Don't resist. Don't. You're being Come a here. white man and Come don't. Here. I followed all of your shit. Like, I'm an indigenous person. Like, you guys is this cop even white i couldn't find a picture of him he doesn't sound like he's he sounds you know vaguely mexican i don't know i guess i'll take her word for it but she also considers yeah, she herself indian yeah she yeah. could just be the light that's making her look especially pale but yeah what does she know about what racist people are she can't even figure <laughs> out what she is uh what a disaster couple points i very fair of her to acknowledge her own mental illness you know that was true that was self-aware true. i'll give credit there and then, as noted in this particular story, whenever these people insist on their own pronouns in this way, notice not once did she ever ask how she should address the police officer. No concern for what his pronouns are. Yeah. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, just interesting. It's, it's always this sort of self-centered, self-absorbed concept where you will refer to me in, in this particular way, but I don't give a shit about referring to you in any particular way. I don't care what your preferred pronouns are, how you want to be addressed. Anyway, uh, a totally bizarre incident this week, too, that I suspect would be much more significant news if it had different demographic characteristics. But a man was found parked with an AR-15 near the Capitol in D.C., and he was arrested on Tuesday afternoon. He was actually out of his car at the time, I believe, but he, he had his car in, in the area. Uh, but U.S. Capitol Police say that uh, Amir Morrell of Atlanta was found in a park near the Russell Senate office building. With a gun in the original reporting, they said that, quote, looked like an AR-15. Officers arrested him and said they had no reason to believe there was an ongoing threat. Police said the man is a registered sex offender in Georgia who might be dealing with mental health issues. He will be charged with having a firearm on Capitol grounds, which is one more instance of that charge than happened on January 6th, FYI. Uh, officers confirm at least after the fact, it didn't just look like an AR-15. It is an AR-15, but it's a very strange AR-15 setup. So yeah. you just have your buffer tube. There's no stock. There's no brace on it. But most bizarrely, 
the uh, the actual uh, grip has been removed. The pistol grip has been removed from the thing. And as Mr. Gunzinger notes on Twitter here, uh, how is the the selector switch actually being held in here? So people who are less uh, gun inclined, the selector switch, the switch from safe to fire, kind of by the where the thumb would sit right there. That is held in place by a detent and a spring. And what holds those in place is the actual pistol grip that would fit okay. where your where your hand, your right hand would go to shoot it. That's not there. Without that there, the spring and the detent would just fall out. So what is holding those parts in? Inquiring minds want to know. So you think this is fake? Um, I mean, in theory, Betty, what are it, you saying here? Say what well, you it's mean just, to it's say. A, it's a very bizarre setup. That's all. Um, the thing is, if this actually does glow, if this was some kind of setup, yeah. nobody seemed to do care. It right. Yeah. Well, nobody seemed to care. It didn't, uh, it didn't generate much news. Interesting. So it's just, a, it's a really, it's a really strange, actually, you know what, as we'll get to, uh, he's just, he's obeying by Biden's pistol brace ban. That's all he's doing. He took the brace off of this AR pistol. And that was very courteous of him, but you know what? He didn't have to because a federal judge ruled this week, uh, expanding the, the block on Biden's enforcement of his pistol brace rule. So a preliminary injunction issued by a federal judge in Texas. Last we left the story on the pistol braces and the court battle over Biden attempting to strictly speaking, not ban them, but heavily restrict their application. Uh, when we left the story, a federal judge had blocked ATF from enforcement against anyone who was a member of the groups litigating the case, including Firearms Policy Coalition and some others. Well, now the ATF is is blocked from enforcing it, this regulation on anybody for the moment, mm-hmm. countrywide. Now, recall this case is very similar to the uh, the bump stock case or the bump stock issue. The ATF simply deciding without an act of Congress that certain gun configurations are illegal now or regulated under different laws now based on new interpretations of law that they just made up. So like bump stocks, the ATF had said about pistol braces, they don't convert guns into more heavily regulated short barreled rifles. They said that was the case for years until one day they woke up under Joe Biden and decided just kidding the last decade when we said these were fine. Uh, now they're not fine anymore. Now, if you put this on certain configurations of, uh, of your AR pistols or other types of pistols. Well, that does actually convert them into short barreled rifles. So, you know, give them to us or we'll give you amnesty to register them with us for a free tax stamp. We'll waive the $200 uh, tax uh, and all that nonsense. But for now you can uh, enjoy your pistol braces as much as you like. And in all likelihood, this case will find its way to the Supreme court too. Like the bump stock case is currently going now. Uh, I often joke about the coming gay war and it is a, a sincere worry, but uh, every day it it's like half joke, half true, but every day there's like a new piece that makes it seem like a more realistic prospect. Last weekend, the FBI was promoting its recruitment table at an LGBTQ pride event. This reporting says South Carolina, but it, I think the event was in Charlotte. So North Carolina, but one of the Carolinas, Man, you think feds are a problem. Just wait until the rainbow feds are kicking down your door. And some would say there's already no distinction. They, the rainbow feds, that is, uh, that's redundant. That is, uh, that is just the same thing twice. But uh, last, if, if you're worried about, uh, if you're worried about the gay war, well, the gay, the gay army is down one soldier. <laughs> 
or one prospective soldier. What an anticlimactic way for her to end her lesbian soccer career, you know? Uh, now I wrote, I was writing notes on this before I saw what she said, which we, which we, what she said later about God. Because when I first saw this story, I thought, man, so there is a just God after all. It's, uh, it's every once in a while, he proves himself to me. Megan Rapinoe says the exact opposite, as we'll get to momentarily. But yes, um, feminist lesbian women's soccer supposed star Megan Rapinoe took to the field for what would have been or what was the final game of her career. I say would have been because she didn't finish it. She suffered a non-contact injury to her right leg early in the game on Saturday night and needed assistance as she hobbled off the field in the last match of her storied career. Here was the moment. There she goes down, just unattested on the top of your screen, off to a bright start. And this is a sight that absolutely nobody wanted to see. There's a stretcher coming on. Oh. It appears the substitution is about to be made. Is it a sight yeah, that no one wanted old. to see? Yeah, I mean, if you were old and you had to finish your career, wouldn't you want to get injured? Then you didn't have to retire and be like, I just had to retire because I'm old. Well, that's not the way that she took it. She's taking it pretty hard. Uh, According to her own description of the injury, she says she yeeted her Achilles. So she joins Aaron Rodgers and Kirk Cousins with that injury as of late. It's a really serious injury. It didn't look like she was that injured. She just kind of walks. Well, that, that, is, that same thing has been happening in, in with football players recently, too. Or does it, non-contact can sometimes be the worst uh, tendon or, or ligament injuries. You just tear them by virtue of the force of making a cut or something like that. Oh. But um, most importantly, I've not seen a, a doctor's report on will she be able to take a knee? I don't know if you need an Achilles to take <laughs> a knee, but that I, I'm glad she didn't tear her ACL or something. It might have been harder. Uh, and I, I did notice she was helped off the field by men. I thought that was very fitting too. So good for her. And, um, and as I said, I was going to say, well, this, this looks to me like there is proof of a just God. Well, after the game, Megan Rapino said the opposite. She says, this is proof that there is no God. I thought about it a little bit. I mean, you know, I'm not a religious person or anything. And if there wasn't God, like this is proof that there isn't. <laughs> this is f***ed up. Um, <laughs> So, yeah, it just, it's just because like six minutes in, eat my Achilles. I mean, what the Dude, kids die of childhood cancer. I'm pretty sure God doesn't give a fuck about some tiny lesbian soccer career. Well, if one person could prove to me that there is no God, Megan Rapinoe is a pretty strong candidate, I would say. So maybe she's onto something. I don't know. Bible study uh, cancer. Bible studies. Well, it's not because Megan Rapino got injured. I'm just saying I take one look at Megan Rapino and think, how could a just and honorable God create such a thing? It, it's no. it's simply unfathomable. All right. Uh, anything else before we talk uh, Vivek and Nikki for a minute? I'm so glad we're not doing an in-depth debate recap. It was very boring. Well, I, I expected it to be completely pointless and boring, and I'm not saying it didn't have long stretches of that, but this was probably the, the fieriest one yet. And yeah. I will, of course, spare everyone the full recap, because it's not just that it's mostly boring. It's that, as we'll get to, 
uh, it does not matter in terms of moving any numbers. And moving any numbers is the only reason any of these people are on the stage. And regardless of who the polling says one or not, nobody is is chipping away at Trump's lead if you believe responses to the polling. So it's pure entertainment, and I enjoy the entertainment, but is it going to change anything before we start actually people start casting votes uh, in the or, you know into January, February here? No, it doesn't look like it. But um, the soundbite of the week was was Vivek calling Nikki Haley Dick Cheney in three inch heels and then Nikki Haley's bizarre comeback that made no sense. And she still refuses to explain anyway. Here was the moment. That's the choice we face. Do you want a leader from a different generation who's going to put this country first? Or do you want Dick Cheney in three-inch heels? All right, Mr. In which case, we've got two of them on stage tonight. I'd first like to say they're five-inch heels, and I don't wear them unless you can run in them. Um, well, we got two this, of you on stage. The second there, thing so. that I will say is I wear heels. They're not for a fashion statement. They're for ammunition. What does that even mean? I don't even know what the first part means either. I don't wear them unless you can run in them. I I don't know. I guess she was talking about how she incorporates practicality into her impractical shoe wear decisions. Or is that what like that means? That. Like, like she's a she's a tomboy woman or whatever. <sighs> I don't know. I, the ammunition thing I found confounding. I, I I had to think about that for like ten minutes, and I still am like I don't. Well, people people have wondered uh, all across the internet for a few days now. Does she mean maybe it's a possible AR modification? Maybe she has a bizarre AR setup like that would-be capital shooter and she just has an under-barrel heel. Or does she mean that she actually stores ammunition in her heels, that they, that those are magazines? Do her heels take Glock mags? People would like yeah, to know. Yeah, really. Or, as many have wondered, is she just going to weaponize her heels like was done in the movie Single White Female? I've never seen this movie before. Have you? Uh-uh. I uh, know the premise, though. Well, I, this this clip was new to me. You you won't have to say a word, sweetheart, because I'm going to tell her myself. No! Fucking bitch! Oh. <laughs> that looked like hotter Megan Rapinoe, that woman right there. <laughs> uh, I don't know what the... I don't know what's going on in that movie, to be honest. That... But uh, weaponized heels are apparently a thing. Uh, okay, I, that, and that's all I have to say about that, really. I mean, this thing's been talked to death. I can't speculate what she really means without her answering the question. Yeah. yeah. Unless you had any more thoughts on that, I'll move on to the to the polling. Hmm. Because yeah. uh, 538 has some uh, some Republican primary voter polling after the debate. And it's funny. Every Twitter poll I see, and I know those are not scientific, whatever. But I'll see Twitter polls with like 100,000, 200,000, 300,000 votes. Who won the debate? It'll be Vivek by a massive percentage. And then I'll yeah. go look at the scientific polls, 538 here, for example. And Haley crushes it. And all the uh, all the media that cannot, outlets. There's no way. They're saying, according to their polling of... Republican primary voters after the debate, Haley was the pick for the winner by a 34% plurality. Behind her was DeSantis at 23%. Ramaswamy in third. Uh, and and the, the question here is not, like, who won the debate is a question that's relevant only insofar as it explains 
who's gaining ground and who's losing ground. And nobody's really moving at all. Right. So they also did polling on the question here was after the debate, they asked people, would you consider voting for X person? And they measure that relative to before the debate. So would you consider voting for Nikki Haley? That went up from 36.5 to 38. She gained a point and a half of people who would consider not I will vote for Nikki Haley would even consider it. She gained 1.5% in would consider Vivek lost 1.2 in would consider Uh, Trump lost uh, a a point and a half on would consider somehow Chris Christie gained a point. And here's how you know that this this is all kind of margin of error stuff. Anyway, North Dakota Governor Doug Burgum, who wasn't even there and people couldn't pick out of a lineup anyway, he somehow gained a tenth of a point and didn't say a word during the whole <laughs> event. So, yeah, and and like a, these this sort of movement, like one percent here and there, it's so tiny in the when the question is, would you consider voting for this person? This is not a zero sum sort of uh, arrangement here. That is to say, I, as a respondent to this, could say yes to every single candidate. I could say, yes, I would consider voting Trump. Yes, I would consider voting DeSantis. Yes, I would consider voting Haley. So to move only 1% when every respondent can say yes to every candidate is a statistical nothing. It's it's just right. deadlock. There's nothing happening here. So pure entertainment, not uh, really doing much to change minds. It, it looks like this is a foregone conclusion as to who's going to be the Republican nominee, though I suppose stranger things have happened. But anyway, we'll move on to uh, to other stories. And this this shooting in in Panama. Um, yeah, I understand people have differing uh, interpretations of uh, who's in the right here and who's in the wrong and all that. I just got to say the uh, the meme that is his face. When he has that casing flying by his eyebrow, the abs like that is the personification of of I think Sticks was retweeting this and saying the personification of no more fucks left to give or something like that. That is the absolute smirk of no more fucks left to give. So let's start with what actually happened here down Panama way. And then I have a clip of what I can show, which is not the moment of the shooting, obviously, but I can show some of the events. This old guy came up to Darlington, he's 77, lawyer, professor. He has dual citizenship in the U.S. and Panama. He was caught on camera walking up to environmental protesters, which were blocking a highway on Tuesday and blasting two of them to death. He just casually approaches them, blasts them to death. He, they, they get into an argument first. Um, one of them died at the scene. Second, pronounced dead at a local hospital. So this happened during this third week of protest. This was not a climate change protest, which I was reading a lot of on Twitter. People were like, oh, they they were climate change activists. They actually were locals that are super pissed off about this copper mine that has been polluting their town um, being sanctioned to operate for 20 more years. And this is the third week of protest. So they've been protesting for a long time. Okay, yeah, let's let's take this piece by piece because I'm not as sympathetic to this guy as I was initially. Well, there's one piece that I think should gain your sympathy because I think (laughs) I think he was very reasonable in one respect. Okay, 
for all the people who think this man is crazy and he would he he was he was uh overly reactive which yeah i mean okay i'm not going to argue that he was fully justified in what he did. i'm i'm speaking tongue-in-cheek here but i found this detail of the encounter to be interesting and funny after getting out of his vehicle he asked to speak with the leader of the demonstration saying quote i don't want to talk to women i want to talk to men this according to a uh, court report by local outlet tv and that's pretty reasonable don't you think guess so i mean uh, he he clearly should not have done this i would be more sympathetic to it on a visceral level if these were like greta thunberg style <laughs> climate change activists. it can't be if i don't like their opinion i'm more sympathetic to shooting them if i like their For opinion sure it can this is why you don't talk to women this is his point okay yeah but everybody's talking about like everybody's saying like yeah okay i, I understand he should have done this but like i get why why do you get why because we have an emotional reaction to not being able to handle it anymore and like yeah they shouldn't have blocked traffic that's really annoying but i i just wish that like i could get more on board with the laws of this story if well, I agreed with the mission of the people. I mean, I, just, I, yeah, it's, it's not about my, my sympathy with having enough of it is not about the perspective of the people. It's about, I don't care what their perspective Isn't it is. Though? No, I don't care what their perspective is. I care about them blocking the road. That's what people have had enough of. Like I, it does not matter yeah. whether I agree with them or not. If they're destroying my day by effectively holding me hostage. Okay. I'm going to be way more pissed off. If climate change activists are blocking the road, then if pro-life activists are blocking the road, I'm way more pissed off. Uh, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pissed off either way. I might say. I'm going to be pissed off either way. Yeah. But like if I see somebody driving their car through a bunch of climate change activists, like I'm, I'm, I'm just going to think that that's funnier than okay. if they're pro-life activists. <laughs> and I'm especially, just, especially if they're driving a Dodge Charger. I mean, then it's peak lulls right there. For sure. I'm okay. not saying that what I'm saying is based in the law. Or really any sense of morality. I'm just saying this is how I feel because my feels are what matter as a woman. Uh, Yeah, it's 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 based uh, in silly woman talk is what it is. That's definitely. Yeah. So he's being charged. Silly woman. (laughs) Thank you. Arraigned on homicide, illegal gun possession charges. And he did have priors for um, for that. But let me. uh, Yeah, I'll play the clip. Then we'll talk about his legal situation. And then there's the shooting, which I can't show, and then he's arrested. Okay, so what about that this isn't his country? Does that change anything for you? No. He has a legal right to be there. He has citizenship. 
dual citizenship. What the fuck is he doing there? He is married to a wait, wait, wait. A Panna, that, that, that doesn't mean other people have a right to abuse him. He has a legal presence in the country. He doesn't have legal standing in this case, though. Like he doesn't. No, I'm saying his status as a citizen of Panama or not does not entitle others to block the roadway in that way. No, of course not. But I'm just saying, like, because we can all agree that this case that, you know, he's he screwed me, basically did commit homicide. Everybody's just talking about how they're sympathetic with him for a variety of reasons. So that's the focus of the discussion. It's like, well, why are people so sympathetic to him? People are sympathetic because everybody is tired of this environmental activist disrupting their day-to-day business stuff, which I understand. Like, I understand. But it's it's more nuanced than that. Like, this guy did, he's in somebody else's country. I know he's a citizen or whatever. And he did just kill these people that weren't threatening his life. He did that. I I, I don't understand the argument about his citizenship. He has a legal right to I, be No, there, no. So. I'm saying I'd be more pissed off if this happened in America, if it was some Mexican that did it to, like, American protesters that I agree with. That's all I'm saying. What? I mean, the problem yeah. here is that people are blocking the road to which the public has, uh, to which the public is entitled. I don't necessarily yeah. care what their immigration status is or what their perspective is. I care that they're holding people hostage. And that's why there's a frustration with these people. And that's why there's sympathy for this guy. It's not based it on the perspective. It was a falling down the, moment. Right. I yeah. It, it, it's not based on perspective or citizenship. It's based on the fact that they're <laughs> holding you hostage and impeding your day to day. Well, you're in luck because I think that um, nothing may happen to him. I mean, he's getting charged with homicide and illegal gun possession, but because of some weird uh, perspective on on prosecuting old people in in Panama, mm-hmm. a lot of local news outlets are like, well, he's probably going to get off because he's so old. He's 77. So. They're speculating that based on, is there some sort of statute to that effect or why do they think that? No, just precedent. Huh. It's Panama, you know. I, I, yeah, I don't know much about the legal tradition. <laughs> like of they Panama. care about statute. Uh, the, the reason that that I careful how I phrase this. First of all, strictly speaking, this guy was not presented with a, a lethal threat. He responded with lethal force. So this is not saying like, oh, you can you can shoot people who do this. It's open season. No, of course not. But we have to recognize as a society that if we are going to allow people to hold people hostage in this way, block public thoroughfares in this way, and police are not going to correct that to problem. To do anything about it. Then but you're this is going have... to be an obvious outcome of yes. situations like this. Like this, this is um, just going to happen more and more. And, and that's what makes me sympathetic to this guy. When I, when I saw this story, my initial reaction was, man, if I... This is how I know how, how how crazy the times are. Because if I saw this 10, 10 years ago, 5 years ago, I would have thought... That guy is a murderous psychopath. Murder, yeah. He is a crazy man. Now I see it and I think, hmm, took it too far. Understand where he's coming from. It and was actually very similar to that case where, where last name Summer and last name Love in Seattle. Oh, yeah, yeah. Where, yeah, and well, then it was that it was a Somali guy that I think ran over both of them. Did they both die? One of them died. For sure. yeah, they both died, I think. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it was just the one. I can't remember. And I did think that was really funny. We have to we have to gauge the uh, well, wait, you can't think that's funny because the one guy, wasn't he like an illegal immigrant or something? He was. He was Somali. And so, I thought that was hilarious. So I don't know what to tell you. I think this is less funny. It's pregnancy. hormones. Uh, I I'm a little bit th- th- this. Is, it's weird for me to say this because I agree in the strictest possible application of the principles here. What this guy did was an unjustified killing. However, 
I'm a little bit weary of the um, the principal police on Twitter who are lecturing everybody about you know, what they perceive to be celebrating this. I don't see a lot of people like cheerleading this guy saying, yes, more of this. Rah, I, do. Rah. I don't know. I, I think that's a little bit of a straw man. I think that uh, it, it's it's not celebrating uh, as much as it is recognizing what we just discussed, that if we if we enable a world of lawless chaos like this, where law enforcement refuses to defend the rights of the people, as is their only legitimate purpose and function, you're going to get this sort of result. So if lawless mobs are allowed to dictate society's function, effectively holding us hostage at their whim, this that situation will get resolved because it's a fundamentally immoral aggression that's being committed. So the question is, do you want that immoral aggression corrected by law enforcement officers or do you want it corrected by citizens on their own behalf? And if you create the circumstances for citizens to, where citizens must do it on their own behalf, sometimes that's not going to be um, perfectly done. Sometimes that's going to be yeah. a little messy, I think, as it was in this case. So um, if, if we would like to if you think this guy's a murderer and I, there's a pretty credible case that that's not a justified shoot, it means getting serious about taking these mobs to task, about stopping this, the sort of situation that produces this uh, sort of event. Because so, either police are going to move these people or we're going to have to move them ourselves. Citizens are going to, yeah. Uh, and, um, yeah, it, 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 you're going to get a lot more of this if you don't get serious about it. But um, and and I as, as far as the 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 mob participating in this, I'm not saying they're all murderers, obviously. I don't think that they are. But if you're the sort of person who's participating in these road blockades, uh effectively falsely imprisoning other people or holding them hostage, you have to understand that you are playing a, a part in creating that sort of circumstance that, that creates this outcome. Again, it doesn't mean they're all murderers, but it, it means we, when you intentionally violate the rights of other people in this way, as you are, if you're blocking a roadway and obstructing them, you are going to invite some pushback. And, mm -hmm. and you know, you, I guess, I guess I'm, I'm, Using far far more words than I need to just to say fuck around and find out there was some kind of fucker yeah some kind of fucking around and finding out here not saying it was justified but you you put yourself in that situation you're asking for this sort of outcome eventually oh and the other thing I thought too um they're speaking uh I guess Spanish in in that exchange uh, I'm not exactly sure but something close to that uh, when I was reading coverage of this apparently there you can hear some woman kind of yapping mouthing off. Yeah, and I doubt she, it. Style. She's she's saying something to the effect of, "Well, what are you going to do? Shoot us all? Uh, are you going to shoot us? What are you going to do? Shoot us?" And then he does, and it 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 did really remind me of the "I doubt it" uh, shooting in the "I doubt it" shooting again, the dumpster defender situation where you got two neighbors fighting over a mattress in a dumpster. You got the father and son. Father has a Glock. Son has a has a shotgun, and you have a neighbor guy with a baseball bat. And neighbor guy who was eventually shot dead, his wife, before he was shot, was yapping, yapping, yapping. What are you yep, going to do? Yeah. Shoot him? You're going to shoot him? What? You, you won't shoot him. Bam. Oh, my God, you shot him. <laughs> it's like, I, I think it's a, a lesson for us men to learn, too. Do not shut these women up. Uh, yeah, I'm not saying it's hard to tell in this situation. I don't know for sure that it's like the chick yapping that brought this on. But I am saying it, there, there are a lot of situations where if you as a man 
do not intervene when your woman is getting a little yappy and she's picking fights that you will have to finish. It's a very dangerous situation. And, uh, we, we got to keep that under control. Don't let your women yap. Don't let them pick fights that you will have to finish. It's a bad recipe. Eventually you will find out if you allow her to fuck around. So that is true. Don't put yourself in that position. But, uh, anyway, I, I I will not be um, shamed out of appreciating the smirk though. This guy's smirk is probably the most legendary photo of the year. I would say. Yeah. The memes. There were many good. I think we can all agree that our sympathy comes from the meme image. Do we get sympathy from the memes or do, does our sympathy create the memes? It's a chicken or the egg kind of thing. I don't know. Anyway, oh man, we uh, we should probably take a break before we get into the this next New York City case because this, I guess, if you're if what you're telling me is true, it's a little more complicated than meets the eye. I have an even more unpopular take on this. Wow! All right, just trying to piss everybody no. off, I guess. No, I think the pregnancy makes me like really sympathetic to people. It's a problem. You heard any good Lizzo tracks lately? She have any? New I ones? was just gonna say that. Hmm. Yeah, remember? I used to like Lizzo. I'm like, <laughs> I'm so fat. She understands my plight. I'm almost as fat as Lizzo. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. Um, Let Ryan, me, uh, oops, yeah, sorry. go ahead. Ryan Spratt is a mem a member of Gen Z. It's refreshing to hear at least one candidate trying to stay out of war and give hope for a better future. Many of my peers feel lost, resigned, and hopeless at this point. And it really sucks to see it. Um, well, we need you, Gen Z. We need you guys. Thank I you, assume man. you're talking about Vivek Ramswamy. I've, yeah. I've said it before and I say, I'll say it again. I mean, everybody agrees with this based Pajit. I think that we can all get on board with that. But if there was a white guy saying this, he would be getting raked over the coals and nobody would be listening to him. And so by virtue of that, this kind of pisses me off. I don't know. You're saying that he gets bonus points on account of his race? Yes. And he's it makes him impervious to criticism. It's like, why can't we just have yeah. some standard looking 50 year old white guy saying this exact same shit, but you can't, you can't do that. It has to be this tiny Indian man with the whitest I, teeth I've ever seen. I think, I think that there's a lot to the messaging that sustains. I'm not saying he gets no appeal because he's perceived to be exotic or something like that. But I think the perspective is appreciated by a lot of people. Uh, just do you as think much if as he were, if he were a middle-aged white guy that he'd be getting any traction. It's hard to say relative to what, because uh, Vivek himself is not getting that much traction. He's pulling like between five and 10 percent support. Those polls are bullshit. He is blowing up Twitter. He was trending number one like two days. Yeah, ago. but trending number one on Twitter is also not the same thing as votes you know, in the ballot box. That's true. But you saw what happened with Trump. I mean, I don't think that we can we can say that any of these early, especially early pollings and post debate pollings are an accurate representation of public sentiment. And who is going to have broad charismatic appeal, which he clearly does. Yeah, I think uh, I think that the points he's making are pretty much unique on that stage as far at least his foreign policy views. He's He's got to be the most isolationist guy on the stage. Yeah. And I think yeah, yeah. there's a big group of Republican voters, conservatives, libertarians, non-Democrat. There's a lot of people even among Democrats who really think we've we've stretched ourselves way too thin internationally. We need to focus more at home. I think that that sort of messaging is, is going to be popular regardless of who the messenger is. 
But it's true. But I mean, every any any reasonable person would want to take an isolationist uh, uh, stance on 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 foreign affairs at, at this point in time. Like anything else is absolutely insane. So like only this base brown guy can say that. Ugh. I, I just think it's stupid. It's I don't like think every it's... single person up there should be uh, should be an isolationist. Yeah, I, I, I don't think it's that nobody else can say it. I just think none of those other candidates actually believe it. I mean, Nikki Haley does not have an isolationist bone in her body. No. Uh, Ron DeSantis, it's not. hard to say because he doesn't. Ron DeSantis has been a governor. He hasn't been in a position to have any sort of foreign policy. But I don't know that I would believe that he's lying about the positions that he takes. I think we can all um, agree that Nikki Haley would be the biggest disaster of all those people. Uh, Nikki Haley would be trying to think of a uh, initial reaction. I'd say she'd be my last choice, but I'm trying to remember the faces. I, would I, would I Except rather have Nikki Haley that are totally forgettable or Chris Christie, Chris Christie, uh, Chris Christie is the better lol cow. So yeah. I guess I'll take Chris Christie. And at least he doesn't have the, well, he is emotional, but not as emotional as, as a woman. Did you see Chris Christie arrive in Israel? I think that's where he went. But he was wearing like a, a combat vest in Israel, oh, touring around. God. And uh, it was not flattering. It did not look good on him. Not that much does, I, I guess. I bought it was fattering, no, rather. It was fattering. Fat, oh, fattering. oh, look at that. Yeah. It's not even seven. And, and you've punned. Um, uh, yes. I bought PN. No, no. Thank you. Thank you. I bought. Um, I am not going to be niggardly. Boogeyman nine one seven says, "I doubt it." Thank you, sir. Um, I doubt it. Behind of him giving Matt ten dollars to leave tenant. It was a flop, like Brie Larson's Marvels. What is that? Is there a new Marvel movie? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. You get a third of the views on the premiere and the hype is already dying. Give it up. Yeah, but this is these things start off slow. I mean, it's not. I I don't even get the benefit of a week. Yeah, he's been Uh, on it for like four seconds. Everybody chill out. Jeez. Um, No, no YouTube channels or new networks start off with tons and tons of viewership. It's just it's just not like like let's reassess in a year. Everybody just chill out. In common enhanced, Dave Rubin and Isabel Brown are doing a call a call in show. Pretend, um, who's Isabel Brown? Uh, I don't know. I don't know who that is. Um, I think I didn't uh, she? He might have had her on earlier, but uh, but yeah, I don't know. Who, I don't know who she uh, who she is specifically. Imagine a hot blonde and a gay guy doing a call and show. How innovative! <laughs> Would you ever do something similar, JK? You got babies coming. Uh, yes, I do. Uh, thank you for that. Uh, Long done, John. Tenant show name idea: the polite agreement hour with Matt and. Tim, I don't know if that's true because Tim is famously mean. He's just, I've just heard he's a dick. I'm yeah. just joking with no, that. I, 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 I genuinely am bothered by that, by that prior super chat there. I'll give you 10 bucks to completely reverse your project. No, yeah. I just, I think it's really poor taste. I think it's, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, so. moving on. Well, it doesn't matter. I mean, um, you know, these things, they take a lot of launch. Uh, Jerry Smith, you're being a white man. It's ma'am. Ah, thank you. Sorry. I, I need the rim see, shot. I kind of want to see that cop. Um, esoteric unbound little Brown Mitt Romney had a good night. Intersectional Jeb Bush. Which one is intersectional Jeb Bush had a bad night. 
Intersectional Jeb Lee? has to be uh, either Nikki or Vivek. Uh, well, Little Brown Mitt Romney has got to be Vivek. Okay, so who's Intersectional Jeb? Um, that's got to be Nikki Haley, right? Intersectional? But why isn't... It, well, Dickie Haley's better than Intersectional Jeb. But. I do like Dickie Haley a lot better. Um, we're one day closer to the bidding of our Fed masters by nominating Fauci's buddy, the great orange controlled opposition. Yeah. You know who won the debate? Trump. Again. Just by virtue by, of by not being there. Yeah. yeah. Um, we'll circle back. Bill. These are these are so spicy. OK. OK. So are you going to we'll read back. it? No, we'll, we'll get back. To oh, okay. Do you have some on Rumble? Uh, yeah. Actually, oh, I have to, um, I have the I'll have to just circle back with you. Let me let me get to, to rumble before we actually get back to the news. Holden Mulray says, uh, hi, truth seekers. I wish I could get uh, more post covid press that experts uh, had such confidence. Uh, the experts had such confidence in evolution. They easily believed a virus mutated to gain function with an obvious alternate explanation right there. Uh, also says question. If you had seven monkeys in a room with typewriters. And you gave them eternity, an endless supply of paper. They never tire or die, etc. Could they randomly produce the full works of Shakespeare and why? Uh, if you gave them in eternity, I suppose so. It's sort of the question of like, it, it's kind of like the concept of life on other planets where insofar as the universe, as we understand it, is infinite. Mm -hmm. it, if you have an infinite supply of lottery tickets, I tend to think that eventually you will win. They're, they're kind of competing yes. theories on that probability. I've heard it argued the other way. Because, of course, the probability of hitting the buttons in the proper sequence to reproduce Shakespeare mm -hmm. is as statistically close to zero as you could possibly get. But if you have an infinite supply... In the presence supply, of an infinite, yeah. In theory, you'd eventually get there. I just how long does that take? So I'm going to say yes. Uh, could they? Yes. Is it going to take a very long time? Uh yeah, it's good. probably. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Air, Air, Air X. So I watched your uh, Wednesday show on Tenet. Be encouraged. There's nowhere to go but up. Congrats on expanding your media empire, by the way. I always thought Pete's last name was pronounced Booty Gig. Booty uh, well, gig. he does have a booty gig. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> um, no, I appreciate that. And I mean, even to the prior point, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand what the expectation is. Like, you can't rebuild your entire channel tomorrow. You. Yeah. I don't it know. These like, things take time. Yeah. And especially I, in this YouTube climate, like, you know, um, and then look at, look at the people that are on it. Like Tim pool has how many subs does he have? I don't know on his main channel, but he has, I think he has millions of subs. And then you, I think your video is like doing way better than his. I mean, these things yeah, just I'm, take time. I'm, I'm people still don't know about tenant and they'll get there and everybody just, chill and I'm going to try to drive it, man. I, I believe in this project. I believe in my work. And I'm telling you that I'm bringing everything I have to it. And, you know, if you, if I guess if the expectation is, oh, you didn't go over there and get a million views, like, yeah, then it, then it's a failure or something. And I, this is not what Eric is saying, but to the prior point, it's like, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm going to do what I think is the best use of my work to, to maximize it. And if you don't like it, I mean, that's fine, but I'm not going to take your 10 bucks to completely reverse everything I've been working on for months. And I find yeah. it totally disrespectful, but. Anyway. And then think about how far we had to come from show zero to show what, what show were we on? 388. There's always a learning curve in these things, but like the distance you have to go 
to go up is not nearly what you've already, what you've already done on your yeah. channel. It's going to be a lot easier. Yeah. No, don't, don't ever try anything new. Don't ever try to innovate. Just, uh, stick to the exact same thing forever and, you know, do what people tell you for 10 bucks. That's the primary lesson here. Someone what, tells you to do, you do it, it for 20 for bucks? 10 bucks. You do it. Yakko sending those super chats. See if he does it, guy. Yakko 1977 <laughs> says, California and San Fran leaders are stepping up to impress dear leader from China, Mr. Xi. They've removed the homeless near the venue they're meeting at. I'm guessing Gavin didn't open his door. I did see that. Did you I see saw that picture? Yeah. How quickly they've uh, they've cleaned up San Francisco. That's very impressive because I've I've had plenty of tours of San Francisco streets recently, and uh, and yeah. It, they're, they're, they get rougher each and every year I see them. But suddenly, when uh, did G actually show up or are they preparing for G to show up? Is he actually there? Uh, I think they're preparing. Yeah. I don't know that he's there yet. When G, there's the prospect of G, suddenly things get very clear or very clean rather. They did that in Seattle too with the All-Star game. Oh yeah, that's right. The baseball game. It Laser, really pisses off the locals because then they're like, oh, you could do it if you wanted to. Uh, laser or, uh, yeah, laser 47 based on Nikki Haley's comments. I now believe she might make crush videos on the site. I don't even know what crush videos are. Do you, Mm-mm. uh, <laughs> crush videos are recordings in which, uh, which typically Is it when you step on somebody's balls with heels depict women in stilettos or bare feet, literally crushing or stomping on or impaling small, helpless animals. Oh, oh my, Ooh. but it could be sexual arousal associated with. It's even more sinister than yeah. I expected. Uh, Calid- Caladrius. I know the viewer count isn't as much as your original channel, but compared to everyone else on Tenet, you blow everyone out of the water in active comments or viewer count in that channel. Well, thanks, man. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know the thing about uh, promotion, too. I might be the only one who's actively promoted it on my own yeah. channel. So, yeah, I mean, these things are these things are long term. Uh, and obviously, I'm thinking about this as a prospect over the course of months and years, not tomorrow. So that's the intent, but, uh, we're good on rumble. We're good on odyssey. We're good on D live. And, uh, we'll come back to your it chats. So hot in here. Um, I'll have to just circle back with at you at the end of the show. All right. Back into the news. So tell yeah, tell me about this New York subway, the guy who intervened in the mugging, because I only saw this kind of at a surface level and it sounds like it's more complicated than I understood. Yeah. Okay. So 43 year old John wrote is under arrest after he allegedly fired two rounds at a man who was reportedly trying to rob a woman on a Manhattan subway platform. That's kind of what happened. Okay. So the coverage I saw in right wing media was like hero vigilante arrested for defending woman who um who was getting robbed but as it turns out it was totally this woman's fault so do you have a picture of this um matthew roche character yeah i got it up right now that is one cracked out menacing looking bum right oh wait i'm sorry i have let me clarify. I have John Roche. <laughs> I, I have the guy who intervened. No, Matthew yes. Roche. Is yeah, super yeah. Like, uh, Roche. I don't know if I have a, a picture of him. Let oh, well, he's like it. a really. Oh, yeah. Here we go. This. So this is the hobo. He's like, he, it's was, a, the um, mug shot of him where he's like. Yeah. <laughs> it's really bad. So what this bum was doing was, okay, the emergency gate when you're going into the New York City subway, which is disgusting. Um, it, the emergency gate makes this like crazy sound. 
But if somebody goes through it and holds it open, that sound doesn't, um, it doesn't keep going. Like eventually it stops and it, it stops sounding. So this bum's grift was like, hold the emergency gate open for people so that they can not pay for the subway. They can go through the emergency gate. But there's like a social expectation that you give the guy a dollar because he saved you $4, right? On your subway ticket because you're sneaking through the line. Mm-hmm. So that's what this bitch was doing. And so she sneaks through, she doesn't pay for the subway. And then he's like, give me a dollar. And she's like, I'm not giving you a dollar. And he's like, if you don't give me a dollar, I'm going to take your purse, which, you know, I, I, I'm not, I hate everybody involved here. Like he, he helped you steal something. You should give him a dollar, right? You just do it. It's just, you know, it'd be nice. <laughs> um, Come on. <laughs> Did she know what she was doing? She must have, if, to the extent she's using an emergency exit, right? She probably knew. I mean, it's also possible that she was just dumb and she was like, oh, thank you. But she's probably gone through the, the subway like thousands of times. Yeah, still right? going to say I hate hobo guy more. He's more of the crook. Yeah, but she was also being a crook. And she really, she is, And really, she was conning the hobo, which is the worst crime of them all. She was. And so then this guy... Uh, uh, John wrote decides to white knight for this thieving bitch. And he, he's like, get away from her. And then he didn't fire the gun at the hobo. He just fired two rounds down the platform, down the plat. There are people like just trying, they hate their lives. They're just trying to get home on the subway. It's like, what if, what if one of them got hit by an errant bullet? He didn't even fire. Okay. The, okay, so that is a, a, a little sketchy. Warning shots in into an area in which people were. That's what you're saying. He was. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He didn't fire them. I mean, I it, even warning shots into the ceiling would not have been. Uh, no, Ill, Ill advised. But uh, but okay. So he, he he intervenes with the mugging. He fires two warning shots, and then then the guy. What happens with the attacker guy? Uh, the attacker gets gets arrested and gets charged for attempted burglary or whatever the fuck but um the guy that fired the warning shots john wrote he immediately pieces out ditches his gun which was an illegal firearm but i don't really care about that because it's like impossible to have a legal firearm in new york city so and then um and then he gets charged with criminal possession of a weapon and menacing he's looking at three and a half years and the although the nypd said he was charged with criminal possession of a weapon criminal possession of a firearm, reckless endangerment and menacing. So he's looking at, at some time. Potential. Okay. Right? Um, and, I'm not really sure that that's fair. We have a clip though. Oh yeah. I just, all I have is uh, just the video. There was some surveillance video that caught uh, wrote kind of in the moment of intervening in this particular mugging. So he sees what's going on. He grabs his backpack and he's got his gun in the pack. It takes him about 10 years to pull that gun out. (laughs) So it's a good thing he wasn't getting mugged, but I guess better to have it even in an inconvenient spot than not. And then he's yelling, you know, something to the effect of stop unclear. Does that capture the moment of the shots? I can't really tell. No, I don't think so. If it did, yeah, it's hard. It's hard to tell exactly what's going on there. But that was just the the available video of the actual incident. I just hate everybody well, I f- involved in this. Like, I hate him for white knighting. 
I hate her for fair jumping and then screwing this bum. And then I hate the bum for being like a disgusting degenerate bum. Hmm. I hate all these people. Uh, And then, well, she has some commentary too about like, she's happy to be saved, but she's terrified by terrified by the use of the gun. Bitch. Yeah. yeah. As always. Yeah. Don't white, white knight because women won't even appreciate. They're not gonna be like, Oh, thank you for saving me. They'll be like, well, why'd you do that? So she said, I was terrified. I was feeling fear panic ready for anything to fight for my life in any way the gun was pointed in my direction that's all i saw it was a feeling of pure terror that i don't wish on anyone in this case the man risked a lot to protect me his safety and the safety of other people on the platform yes i do think he was a hero but i don't know i would likely think him a bigger hero if he tried to help me without the gun in my eyes the gun is a little bit extreme it was a very dangerous situation anything could have happened yeah but she set the, the this in motion she did uh, by virtue Bums are going to uh, bum, you know, uh, there has to be some legal limitation on that. Is there not? Bums not are going to bum. Look at legality. Oh, what are you talking I'm not talking about, about legality. They're not going to enforce any of the, the legal stuff towards bums. So you have to have an expectation that they're going to um, be unpredictable. They might be violent. That they're going to rob you. She engaged in uh, like as in you have to anticipate it. Not that it's justified. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was idiotic of her. She engaged in this like voluntary interaction with this bum who was obviously gonna be pissed off that she didn't give him a dollar. Like she he was obviously gonna be pissed off. I'm not saying this guy like it's it's fine for him to be like that, but he's also a degenerate bum. She's just like a normal person. I have higher expectations for her. Uh yeah. Well, and I, if you're gonna put yourself in dangerous situations and then uh, again, not to say that the the bum was justified in attacking her. He's not. But to put yourself in a dangerous situation, have that dangerous situation realized and then have a good Samaritan get you out of it and still complain about the fact that he was excessive in his use of a firearm or something like that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what this lady expects. <laughs> I mean, but wants- also I, fuck her. But was he excessive in his use of a firearm, too? Uh, based on the description of events here that he just fired warning shots errantly. Yeah, you, you can't be doing that. But let's say in a different situation, he um, saw what was happening there. He drew and pointed. I wouldn't have a problem with it whatsoever. Neither would I. Or if he uh, did some kind of citizen's arrest on the bomb. Yeah, I wouldn't have. A, if he did the old Without Daniel Penny. Shots. Yeah, it, it, it's yeah. the only thing I dispute on his part. And I know that the state of New York is going to have all sorts of disputes with the manner in which he carried his weapon and whatever sort of registration may be necessary or all that. Um, the only thing I dispute in his behavior is putting innocent people at risk. The, I, yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't that, know that the problem. platform that the platform had people on it, but I don't think it really matters. Like he did shoot twice down the platform. Yeah. It's a little sketchy. It's sketchy. But, yeah. Uh, anyway, well, I, <laughs> I guess she would have preferred to just been manhandled by the bum. Let that be a lesson. Don't let the women yap too much. And when they're getting attacked by a bum, it's best just to let that be. Bum's going to bum. I was pretty disappointed about everyone's take on this, though. Which was what? I don't know. People read the headline and they were like, that's outrageous. I'm like, it is. But also all all parties really, really shit the bed on this one. All parties involved. Uh, Yeah. Well, I I guess I if I'm designing the law here, I can see uh, I can see uh, penalizing the uh, penalizing the warning shots, penalizing the carrying of the gun, or penalizing the use of the gun to stop the crime. No, New York no. is going to do that. No. But what the uh, hell is criminal menacing? What does that even mean? Criminal menacing? Are they charging the, the bum charge? with that? Are they charging the? Uh, are they charging? No, the they're charging. 
they're charging rote with that. Criminal menacing is just a fancy way of saying threat, as far as I understand. Criminal possession of a weapon. Criminal yeah. possession of a firearm. Did he have an additional weapon? Uh, maybe they just charge it twice because it counts as both. Reckless endangerment, I understand that one. And yeah. menacing, I, I don't get that at all. Uh, men- menacing would be the threat. So like it, menacing would be almost like brandishing a weapon or threatening someone with a weapon. No, so no. The only the, legitimate charge is is the reckless endanger- endangerment. I, I suppose that would that would make sense, given the uh, given the the warning shots, which appear to sound ill advised. But anyway, OK, I hate that this manifesto thing was so far in, uh, in into last week or like into earlier this week. I'm like, oh, yeah, when this hit- news <laughs> broke. I like could not get on Skype fast enough to be like, oh, my God, it happened. I thought we were never yeah. going to see this. So we and now I'm all suspicious about it. We won't go through um, all the details of the manifesto in Nashville because, of course, that's that news is almost a week old now. But just to recap, Monday morning, Stephen Crowder released three pages of the Nashville Transgender School Shooters Manifesto, uh, which he obtained through a leak from somebody in Nashville law enforcement. As far as the contents of what we can see in these three pages, it is, I think, generally what people speculated it was, except that this was more about like. The uh, Audrey Hale, the shooter, wrote about those crackers and their white privilege. It actually had more mm-hmm. of like an anti-white angle on it. I I thought it was going to be more anti-Christian, and it might be. We only have a small sampling of the manifesto. We only have three pages, but it was more anti-white in its perspective than what I expected, which was probably something more anti-Christian related to her prior attendance at this Christian right. school. But anyway, she she goes off on. Uh, on these kids because they're a bunch of uh, rich kids with white privilege whose daddies drive them to school in Mustangs and all this fancy stuff. And that's part of why she did the shooting. Nashville city officials confirmed the authenticity are, and are said to uh, have suspended up to seven officers as part of the investigation. Well, uh, now legal, uh, uh, legal officials now from the city of Nashville have released a letter summarizing why they haven't, uh, officially released the manifesto yet. And uh, well, you had a chance to give this uh, a read. So they're trying to explain um, why they have not published this information themselves and why it's coming out through a leak. Mm-hmm. What do they have to yeah, say? Um, well, they didn't, they didn't really explain anything in this memo. They just said like, they can't legitimately release it because the investigation is ongoing. Like it says like 40 times there, the investigation is ongoing, the investigation is ongoing. Um, so, so yeah, like we're not, we're not going to get it from any legitimate source anytime soon, basically is what they're saying. Yeah. They're saying it's tied up in court and then, and the, but without really giving a timeline of when it, this is actually going to come out through the legal process in, in the courts. And so I well, they 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 said like the, these journals are filed under seal with the court and may not be released by uh, yeah. the PD, the mayor, Metro Legal or any other local. They're, they're like, right. they're um, like, no, this is not happening. only the yeah. courts have the authority to release them. Yeah. Yeah. And we don't really know if or when that will happen. And so mm-hmm. as far as who or why released this manifesto, that's that's the great mystery in this situation. Candace Owens had said earlier in the week that she has a source telling her that the leaker sold the manifesto and she said yeah, i'm not but accusing she didn't provide a lot of evidence no she just that. says i have a source uh, yeah. unnamed obviously but the role not explained either who, who is this person we don't even get a description of, of their role 
Steven Crowder, no, she said uh, in her, uh, in making that claim, she said, I'm not accusing Steven Crowder of being the one who bought the documents and Steven Crowder denied it. Uh, but I, I, I suppose there could be a, maybe some financial motive for whoever leaked it. I would tend to believe that whoever leaked this, I guess the question is what's going on right now. My guess would be that there's some insider knowledge about the fact that this is not, or was not ever going to be uh, made public. Made public. Yeah. So this person decided, well, I've given it a fair chance to go through the investigative process and it's been determined by the powers that be that it will never see the light of day. So I have to make a decision. Am I going to stick with the company line or in this case, the government line that this uh, is not to be seen by the general public or since I know that that is their long-term intent, should I make this available for people to look at? And if that's what happened, um, I really don't have a lot of dispute with that person. If, if they leaked it for that reason and it wasn't to make a buck mm-hmm. and it then wasn't fine, to yeah. undercut the investigation, which I have a hard time believing it was because if you sat on it for this long, like your intent was to undercut the investigation or something, you really waited a long time to do that. They, mm-hmm. The photos that we've seen look like they were taken in her car at the scene of the crime. I'm guessing is there is. Yeah. There was a picture of a police vehicle. Like, and I think I think some of the writings were from her house too, but we don't know where these writings are from. Were they in her car? Were they at her house? I'm not sure we have that information. Uh, so uh, yeah, I, I would guess that the source of this probably uh, gave this a fair opportunity to go through the process and realized at some point with the information they have that it was not ever going to see the light of day. And so they were faced with a dilemma and this is the, this is the path that they chose. And even if there's a little bit of um, insubordination in that or some kind of um, betrayal of city protocol, whatever you want to say, where anytime there is an error to be made, I would always prefer to err on the side of public transparency over secret keeping, mm-hmm. especially when it's a situation like this, where you have a, a crazed killer shooting up your kids. Every parent, I think the parents of the victims in Nashville have a right to know about that. Now that's, it's a curious case here because they've been the parents of the victims have been fighting in court to keep this under wraps for reasons I can't understand. But let's say you're a parent to just a a parent of um, a, a kid who was there that day and survived. I still think you have a right to know exactly what was in those journals, exactly what sort of evil exists in your community. And I think it's yep. beneficial for uh, parents at large for the rest of the country to know what kind of crazies are out there. And so you can make the most informed decision about how to protect your kids against this sort of thing. Exactly. I think that even if you, if you, if you break a few rules in pursuit of that, like, yeah, you, you might have some dispute about uh, the rule breaking, but I think it's a net positive in terms of informing parents and informing uh, Mm -hmm. the public. So I don't have much of a problem as far as I understand with the leaker of this particular document. Do you? Uh, no, I mean, I did a Twitter poll, like, is this a PSYOP? But then why, my thing about everybody thinking that this is a PSYOP, well, not everybody, but some people think this is a PSYOP, is um, that it took so long for this to come out. It was totally after the surge of public interest. And PSYOPs, they tend not to do that. And then it it revealed this um, overwhelming anti-white narrative. Why would they, why would they do that too? Why? So like my instinct is that this is authentic um, and that it was being suppressed because they didn't want to deal with this Tranifesto having an anti-white motive. 
and the political repercussion, repercussions thereof. Yeah, that was an angle I didn't expect. I wasn't expecting the anti-white thing to be primary, but at least in these three pages, white, it yeah. is. Yeah, you know? yeah. The self-hating white person thing. I'm actually kind of surprised this hasn't manifested earlier. Did but, you, uh, um, you see the other uh, contemporary would-be trans school shooter pleaded guilty in Colorado Springs? Yeah, I had forgotten about this case. I'm glad someone emailed it to me right after the Nashville school shooting last March. There was an arrest of another transgender. I wrote in the notes here, young woman, because I thought this was a biological woman. Now I'm reading it back. I'm pretty sure this is a biological male who now calls himself a woman. It's one of those where I could really flip a coin. (laughs) But this week, 19 year old Lily Whitworth, whose legal name is. See, this is where I got confused. It says whose legal name is William. So I thought, okay, yeah, yeah. So legal name would be birth name. William, born William, now Lily, mm-hmm. male to female. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this person pleaded guilty to second degree assault after threatening to shoot up multiple Colorado Springs schools. Uh, he will be sentenced in January and faces up to 16 years in prison on March 31st. Whitworth's sister reported a disturbance at their home and said Whitworth had severe anger issues. Deputies responded to the home and found Whitworth in her bed. She told investigators she had a layout of the school and she was starting a manifesto. He, sorry, this, I, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> some of it's written as she, and then like looking at the picture, I can't, I thought this was a, This is one where I thought it was a biological female. Anyway, this guy told investigators that he had a layout for the school and he was starting a manifesto and had been planning an attack for a month or two. Investigators found a dry erase board, which appeared to be a labeled floor plan of Timberview Middle School where he had attended school prior. And there were threats against a couple other schools in the area, too. So uh, anytime you try to claim that there's maybe uh, some trend of transgender shooters it is immediately fact checked and debunked but I'm kind of curious about the math on it I'm not uh, taking a side either way I, I have noticed that in the last couple of years we've had a few prominent cases of transgender shooters and obviously I'm not saying most are transgender they're not I am right. saying it seems like there are several for what is a very tiny population yes. just kind of curious about proportionally how that works out. And it might be that there is no proportional tendency toward transgender mass shooters at all. I'm not trying to say that there is. I just, uh, I'd be curious what the stats say. And anytime that the fact checkers and the debunkers tell me that there's nothing to it at all. And that's pure nonsense. My inclination is to, uh, grab the old calculator and yep. see if that's correct. So maybe I'll have to it do that. It might just be, um, nonspecific, uh, mental illness. Uh, well, but even that would gr- require granting the premise that it is mental illness. And I'm not sure the people trying to debunk the point would do that. Oh, no, I'm just talking about like from a. An, a layman's perspective. Yeah. There's obviously something. Like that. Yeah. Well, are you ready for hoax hate? It's already time for hoax. Well, yeah, we're running a little early. Now, the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. You think they'll notice? In Petaluma, California, north of San Francisco, a Palestinian man and a Mexican woman 
they're married, they're husband and wife, and they own and operate a small restaurant called Urban Deli. Earlier this month, what is being described as racist graffiti was found on the property, causing a wave of community support for their business. Now, when I heard the story, read the headline, watched the video, I'm thinking, did someone call him a sand N-word or call her (laughs) a B-word or an S-word? What? It's a real uh, cornucopia of slurs that could apply here. So which one are we getting this time? Well, that's what's most curious about this episode of Hoax Hate. The slur isn't even clear. If there even is a slur, I can't spot the racism. It's just declared. But here it is. Racist graffiti was left on these windows at Urban Deli. It wasn't just paint, so you can still see some of the faint markings here. These words that were meant to divide and hurt this community ended up doing exactly the opposite. Three years ago, Wissam and Marla Kutsier opened Urban Deli in the theater district of Petaluma. Marla is a Mexican-American and Wissam, a Palestinian. Wissam has been working 15-hour days the last week because customers are coming in non-stop. Tears of sadness quickly turned to tears of joy as the Petaluma community embraced the Kutsier family. There's a lot, a lot, a lot of support from the community. We didn't expect really this. We know they like us, but not that much. Many Petaluma residents have just wanted to come and support the family. Also just wanted to come tell them that, you know, I was sorry that, you know, this isn't representative of, of my hometown. Shouldn't be representative of my country either. It's totally inscrutable. How do they even know that it was a racial slur? I I think this is just your general graffiti tagging that you would see in a lot of different urban environments. If you look at the graffiti on the front of the store, that's not someone haphazardly writing uh, the N word or something. The the right one, I thought, does that? It kind of looks like it says camel, maybe, but it looks like a graffiti artist tag. Like that's a practiced stylistic tag. That's not just so a random a writing. ghetto black person tagged a Palestinian and Mexican couples restaurant and white people are responsible. Potentially that could be mm-hmm. uh, a possible interpretation here. I don't even Mexican know what that says, but Palestinian I mean, there's a racial pairing that I don't. Care it's probably about pretty that. rare. Um, does that say camel though? Do you see the image I'm looking at? And it's like the right I, window here. Maybe I, I would never, unless you suggested that I never, that's the closest thing I could get to a racial slur out of this. But, camel. um, okay. And I, I was Does reading it say camel jockey or camel? no, just camel just says camel. That's not maybe and that's, it's hard to tell. It might say that, but of course, um, according to the local reporting here on Monday, urban Delhi had to close early because they ran out of food. That's how many people came in to eat on what would have otherwise been a slow day. So funny how it always works out that way. They also have a GoFundMe going because they're trying to raise $4,000 to cover the cost of uh, cleaning up or repairing. How? How could it possibly cost that much? I would think you could replace both of those windows straight up for less than $4,000, but they don't need to replace those windows. I would scrape it off. I'm just saying even if you had to, it wouldn't cost you that much. I don't think, but anyway, um, (laughs) there and another, uh, what appears to be an episode of uh, hoax Saint. on Friday, Khaled. I don't know how to pronounce this last name. Beidou, Beidoun. I'm going with Khaled. 
Khaled is apparently some sort of Muslim law professor and writer with 1.4 million Instagram followers and another 300,000 on Twitter. He posted a screenshot this week claiming that one of his Instagram followers sent him a hate message. His post is captioned from a follower on IG. And then the message, the first message reads, go back to your country, dirty Arab. The response says, I can't. Your government gave Israel $14 billion last week to destroy it. Parentheses Gaza. The problem, of course, is, uh, as the community note explains, the, the blue message on the right signifies that the message was sent from the phone of the person who took this screenshot. So Khaled presumably sent the racist message to himself, although he explains otherwise. He then deleted the post. And um, that's when he attempted to explain what happened here. He said in a follow-up tweet, the post in question was sent by a third party, as stated in the text from a follower, not me. But people don't read, sadly. It was flagged by bigots who didn't read the caption, then removed. Done deal, bigger fish to fry. So what he's saying is the original post, the screenshot, that was not a message sent to him. He's saying a follower on Instagram sent this screenshot to him, but it's the follower on Instagram who received this message. Problem remains, though, that this message is still from whoever sent it. So whoever took the screenshot sent the message in blue. So either Khaled faked it or his follower faked it and he was too dumb. Khaled was too dumb to to vet it before posting it. Khaled has also changed his uh, profile picture on Twitter, presumably to shield himself from uh, from the scrutiny and the backlash. Maybe he really hates himself and thinks that he's a dirty, dirty Arab. No uh, comma. I don't know. He's like Audrey Hale. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The Nashville shooter. <laughs> uh, it, it, this is not a hate. Uh, well, as far as the news is concerned, this is not a hate crime worthy of uh, coverage to the same extent that maybe the urban deli vandalism is or. You know, other things that we try to prop up as as crimes of the century. But this is horrific. And this is another story that would be the major story in the country for an entire week, at least, if uh, you were dealing with a a different racial situation. But uh, in Las Vegas, a 17 year old has died from injuries sustained when a group of, of black teens beat him up. So this particular teenager is white. His name's Jonathan Lewis Jr. The attack happened on Wednesday, November 1st. According to Jonathan's dad, the confrontation began when Jonathan stood up for a smaller friend who was being targeted by the group. Then the confrontation escalated and the group beat up Jonathan. And uh, there is video of several of these black teens kicking and beating him while he's on the ground. Obviously, I'm not able to show that video on the stream. You can view it if you would like to. But uh, and it's it's horrible footage, obviously. And I know sometimes when you have these these fights that go wrong, um, sometimes you, you might think like, well, we don't know the nature of the conflict ahead of time. We don't know who started the fight, even if it finished um, very regrettably. You watch this footage. This is uh, a group of something like a dozen or more uh, black teens just kicking on him and stomping him while he's on the ground, unable to defend himself from the sheer force of that many people. And uh, yeah, it's, it's a terrible situation. 17 year old kid gone, killed. Terrible. And uh, non news by virtue of uh, the demographics involved. Uh, simple as that. It seems anyway, anything else um, before we hop into the movie review? Let's do it. All right. In a world 
of movie references flying over his head, one man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show Movie Review. Tonight's movie is the 2002 Christian Bale sci-fi thriller Equilibrium, in which a a totalitarian state develops a drug to suppress human emotion, to end all war and suffering, and enforces its dosage at iron-fisted gunpoint until one cop rediscovered his soul uh, and kicks off the revolution. From movie picker Alex M., a fun action movie with a cool story about censorship and totalitarianism. I always loved the gun kata scenes, but the story is what makes me come back to it all these years later. Of course, we have AI art for the week. Now, I think that um, that Matt Diggs is a better look than Blonde Bale, but uh, do you disagree? I, I agree. <laughs> okay. And how about the reverse here? I think you look pretty formidable with the katana. That's pretty good. Oh, my God. And then uh, we also have the video submission, which happens to be my favorite scene in the movie. Why are you alive? I'm alive. I live. To safeguard the continuity of this great society. I have no choice but to remand you to the Palace of Justice for processing. Processing? You mean execution, don't you? Now, the creepy thing about the AI there, too, the everything, the way it captures the kind of side eye movement. I mean, even the movement looks like the way you would do it. It's a little it was a little shifty. Yeah. Maybe I should dye my hair. But uh, well, uh, my entire family thought that that look. uh, What was the one Kingsman where you were the sword, the knife feet lady who sliced me in half? They thought that was yeah. a good look where you had like the blonde or the, the dark bangs. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> Maybe one day. Maybe yeah. one day. All right. As always, your review and your rating. Wow, man. Okay. There were some things that I liked about this movie. Um, I thought that stylistically it was interesting. And I love dystopian storylines. Um, I think they resonate with the times. I, you know, 1984 is my favorite book. Uh, but this movie had just major issues like major plot holes i couldn't stop thinking about it um okay you can't feel anything but it's fine to be super angry and tay Diggs smiling just like so much smiling it's like you can smile if you're the evil black guy he's just smiling laughing also super angry everybody's getting pissed off it's like you just can't feel positive emotions but then there was no evidence of that they were reinforcing this no emotions thing because they were taking this drug. Um, that was another problem. Uh, it was so derivative. What was it in Brave New World, the drug that they take? Was it Soma or something oh, like I don't that? Know. Uh, it was so derivative of Brave New World, of 1984, and of The Matrix. Like some of those fight scenes, I was like, like come on. This was after The Matrix. Post Matrix by a year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, it's by one year? Yeah. Pretty oh, close, so but it is... That, that wave of popularity. Then. Yeah, it That's is after worse. the Matrix. Ooh, I hate that. I thought the double cross was confusing, and then I hated the SS imagery knockoff. It was, like, way too close to a swastika. Way too close to, like, that guy the with Libria having an SS flag pin. or whatever it was. Yeah. It was just... Yeah. I just thought that, like, for a dystopian movie, it didn't have enough inventive 
qualities. It was also derivative of Blade Runner. Um, there was good stuff there, but just not enough. I gave it a three out of five. And now that I'm saying it, I think I'm going to give it a two. Out of five. Wow. Well, I'm going to try yeah, to convince two. you upward because I loved this movie. Really? But yeah. Oh, man. I can see. Now, certainly as I'm watching it, I am thinking like, wow, isn't it weird that they enforce against this, but not that? And, and even though there's a part Did of my brain. Did you pick up on that, too, with the well, emotions thing? There's a part of my brain that th- that's thinking, yeah, that makes no sense. But when I look at it in context, I'm thinking it's not supposed to make sense, though, because the whole point is that totalitarian states are silly and arbitrary and very heavy handed against some things, but not others in ways that make no sense. And indeed, as we learn in the end, they were taking drugs that were supposed to suppress all emotions. That was the thing. Ah, as in the drugs are ineffective, potentially. But but as we as we learn in the end, the guy who's running the whole show doesn't even take the drug. Mm. So I guess it kind of calls into question who is truly on it and who isn't. But I suppose to your point the uh, Tay Diggs character, Brant seems like he would not be a guy not taking the drug. Seems like he would definitely be the drug guy. He's taking the drugs. Anyway, uh, things I loved about this movie, even though I can certainly grant some of your points on sort of presentation and there are some things around the edges I'm not thrilled with, but the big themes of it, I, I loved. And that's why I loved this movie overall. The reason I say that that particular scene that was part of the AI scene there is my favorite is just because of the simplicity, but the importance of that conversation and that question, why are you alive? And Mm -hmm. she, she asked Preston, why are you alive? Cause she's been arrested for her sense offense, which we were, we were laughing the whole time. I thought it it was sex offense. Yeah. 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 But she's arrested for her sense offense and having, uh, you know, thrills from the old times in her secret room in her apartment or whatever. And she's she kind of reverses the interrogation. Why are you alive? And he has not really a satisfactory answer to that. Something to the effect of I live to live. And she counters him. Well, that doesn't make any sense. It's it's circular reasoning. You you live simply to perpetuate your own existence. What's the point? Yeah. The reason I I am so fascinated with that theme is because it's something we should all think about every single day. Why are you alive? What is it that you do with each day on this planet? If you don't have an affirmative purpose or some organizing principle that you're working toward, then what are you doing? But the reason it sticks with me in particular is because we lost track of that question the last few years with Corona nonsense. Like why are you alive is a question that's about more than a beating heart and breathing lungs and the biological function of being alive. It's about, it's about that bigger purpose behind your life. And in the last few years, we've, we've succumbed to this reasoning that like, well, you, you should sacrifice pretty much everything about your life in the interest of sustaining your life at the most basic level possible. No, I mean, if you sacrifice everything about your life that makes it worth living, haven't you already sacrificed your life anyway? It's, um, it's, it sounds, I guess it sounds strange to find so much philosophical importance in such a simple question. Why are you alive? But I I think that we've lost the plot on that as a, uh, as a society. I, I love the themes about just how this, this effort to perfect humanity is, is always evil that that nature and man is a part of it we all we, nature and man we exist with with amazing beauty and and hideous flaws and uh that is the state of the world by its creation and when we try to perfect those flaws or erase those flaws in both nature and man we we've 
lacked the humility or we've done away with the humility to recognize that we are not God. We start trying to play God and perfect humanity and perfect nature. But the problem is none of us as humans have God-like perfection. And so it ends up being a complete disaster filled with injustice every single time. You reject human nature and human nature itself becomes a crime. And that's really what happened in this movie. Uh, And I thought Equilibrium was a great presentation of that. That uh, it's, it's... It's funny that almost invariably the effort to to perfect humanity ends up being a rifle pointed at your face, regardless Mm -hmm. of ideology. If you're trying to do that, it's a rifle pointed at your face. Love the theme of the rulers not following their own rules. We learn at the end that DuPont uh, hasn't been taking the drug. Uh, Fitting reminds me of the Fauci's and the Gavin Newsom's of the world. But even more so in that, what I loved about the ending is when DuPont is defeated and uh, Preston is pointing the gun in his face. DuPont suddenly invokes the rules again. No, 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 wait, wait, wait. I'm alive. I'm alive. I feel. I don't take the drug. I haven't been following the rules this whole time. So you should follow the rules. Could you handle the moral weight of actually taking my life in an unjustified way? Because after all, I am a life. Don't the principles of the world or your principles prohibit you from shooting me in the face. And, and Preston just says, Nope, I will gladly shoot you in the face. And it's a very satisfying ending. But the theme there that I appreciate is those who reject the moral order of the universe aren't owed its protection upon their own convenience or simply when they need it. If you reject the rules of the world, you reject them when they would benefit you too. And uh, I have a bad feeling we're going to learn that lesson the hard way as a society sometime soon. I thought that the the plot was fairly non-obvious. You know, it is in general like, oh, good guy takes out bad guy, kicks off the revolution. But the double cross I thought was interesting because you always, it was hard to figure out who between Brandt and Preston has the upper hand. I liked that uh, Preston wasn't able to save o- uh, Mary O'Brien. Yeah. Uh, I thought for sure he was going to run in and save her over the last second. Nope, she burns. Kind of liked yeah. that. Mm-hmm. And then the more subtle point of surprise that I liked, um, the fact that Preston's son, Robbie, had also not been taking the drug because he's presented he's presented so square and as such a strict rule follower. I was thinking his son's going to betray him. His son is going to side with the state and betray his own father. You then learn that his son hasn't been taking the drug and it's all just an act so that he doesn't appear suspicious. That was a cool twist. And then um, just aesthetically, like I hate everything about the set and how there's not even like a single leaf ever seen in it. But I know that's because I'm supposed to hate the set. And likewise, with these themes that like, oh, we think we can make men better than God made them or we can make the landscape better than God made it. No, it always ends up looking terrible as it does in this movie. It's just a concrete monstrosity. And the point is not don't build things or don't try to be a better person. You should build things. You should try to be a better person. The point is to build yourself and your surroundings in harmony with the natural world and not in rejection of it. So those are all the things I really loved about the movie. I agree that that to me, the combat at times came off uh, a little cheesy, to be honest, like this, this sort of like choreographed combat where it's almost like a dance routine to me. It, I take your point that a lot of it felt like the Matrix, but not as good as the Matrix. Yeah. And some of the flashy stuff, like the actual flashing and the sort of low frame rate, I just found hard to look at, to be honest. It was just a little, yeah. little intense. And then I, the final battle with Brant, uh, Tay Diggs character, he's got the katana. 
there there's been all this tension building and it's over in a second and his face falls off. I know I just got done praising some of the surprises here and maybe you're the sort of person who kind of liked that going in a direction completely uh, different from what you'd expect. But uh, I just thought that that Brant deserved better. Brant was uh, more of a capable character than just putting up no fight whatsoever. So I I found that to be a little underwhelming, but that's kind of combat taste as opposed to the big themes of the movie. So overall, in terms of uh, my appreciation for the big philosophy and the big themes of this movie, I gave it the full five wiki rating. I really love that. We love you. You're very special. I don't know if I persuaded you. Did I get you from a two to a three? No. No. Uh, now it's a one. I just thought that. Yeah, it, it offered very little for me beyond artistic value. I, I don't know. Even if I hate a movie, I want it to be like nothing I have seen before, or at least like a different twist on something that I have seen. Hmm. But this just didn't do anything. I was like, I was just watching it. I was like, that's from that movie. That's from that movie. That's from that book. Uh, it's, and then that pisses me off. It's like, even if I, I hate the movie, at least show me something new. Would have been better with lightsabers, I would say, instead of katanas. Totally. <laughs> uh, I did like pe- seeing Tay Diggs face fall off. People like this movie, though. Early vote, f- almost 40% of people giving it a five, another 30% giving it a four. So not a lot of hate for it. Uh, that kind of I'm glad me. you liked a movie. Well, I did give Kingsman a five the other week, too. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. So right. there's been I'll a good run lately. Thing. Next week, we're What's watching week? Memento, which I've never seen oh. before. And then uh, after that, we have one week left to vote on listener Alex M's nominations for November. Uh, remember, the uh, the remaining nominees here are In the Mouth of Madness, Baby Driver, The Hateful Eight, Arlington Road, harsh times or you can reject the list in favor of a randomly selected top rated movie instead next week the list will refresh for december and as a reminder if you'd like to read my movie reviews comment how wrong i am submit your own rating vote for the next movie and sign up for the chance to be the movie nominator for the month the one and only place to do all of those things is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website that is madchristensenmedia.com and that'll do it. We'll catch up with chat and we'll call it a night. Okay. Let me reload this. Uh, over on rumble implosive critter says as an indigenous person, like fuck you guys would make a <laughs> fine sounder. It's awfully specific, but uh, you know, sometimes they don't, they don't have to make sense. I would say uh, it's right there in the theme of uh, the one with uh, billboard. Chris. You suck. Fuck you. Yeah. Like that. Maybe I'll have to save it for future use. Thank you. Uh, we're good on Odyssey. We're good on DLive. We'll catch up with YouTube and Tippy. Bill. Oh, God. I know. I I hate Gad Sad. Man. Okay. So I don't know if I told you this, but I. Okay. So I got unbanned on Twitter, everybody. My my uh, my Twitter handle. Is that what you say? Is that still the jargon? No, it's, it's X blondes, handle. Ugh, I'm not saying that. That's so good. Blondes underscore tweets. Okay. So I'm like pissed off all the time. And I didn't realize, because I'm an idiot, that it's the same people that I followed when I got banned in 2016, 2017, the same group of people. And so um, my feed is just like these like constitutional conservative retards. Oh, the worst. Just, just the absolute worst. Um, and so I'm just pissed off all the time. And so like I'm, I'm getting all these tweets from Gad Sad all the time. 
like, why the fuck? And it's because I was still following him and all of these other people. So I, I've changed it so that it's not so aggravating. But I think Phil has also noticed watching Gadsad and the rest of these banker intellectuals shitting on Christians for supposed for supposed anti-Semitism as Muslims for supposed. What is that supposed to say? For being opposed to anti-Semitism? I think he's saying for supposed anti-Semitism. Oh, okay. That makes more sense. For supposed anti-Semitism. As Muslims, they open the gates for march in the streets on behalf of Palestine has been amusing. I'm sure I that is not what you meant to say. I'm sorry if I butchered it. Uh, He's saying that the... Okay, so he's saying people are shitting on Christians for anti-Semitism on Twitter, like presumably about Twitter criticism right. as, uh, oh, Muslims, and, and then as Muslim immigrants, uh, porn to, porn to the are taking to the streets on behalf of Palestine and causing gotcha. a lot of uh, chaos. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. He also said, in addition, Bill Maher celebrating the destruction of the British people and they're being driven out of their cap- uh, capital city should be an eye opener for anyone who thought he was on the right side. In the end, he's just anti-white. Um, I don't think that, Anybody really had any delusions about Bill Maher anymore, right? Like every once in a while he gets something right, but it's not enough to overlook the last 15 years. Okay. Yeah, Bill Maher uh, gets a lot of things right and then goes way crazy and then comes back to getting some stuff right. You know, I, yeah. I, as I mentioned, I used to love Bill Maher, would listen weekly until he allowed, I always mix up my T's and my Ice Q's. Tea. The guy, he allowed the rapper guy to come on his show to flog him for saying the N word in a joke. And that was kind of it. It's like, you're, you're allowed to make jokes just because this guy's black. Doesn't mean he gets to come on your show and tell you what words you can and can't use, or you have to submit to him and bend the knee and beg for forgiveness. I just, even as uh, regardless of opinion or, or perspective on a lot of things, it was just such a, it was such a lack of self-respect that I, I I had a hard time listening to him in any capacity on any subject after that. So that's kind of where just, I was off the bandwagon. The flogging thing is somehow a manifestation of a sexual degeneracy. I don't, I don't really know how. Hmm. You bang uh, Ann Coulter one too many times and then it, then it happens. Dude, she's been infuriating on Twitter too recently. <laughs> you want to talk about the weirdest looking kids of all time. Bill Maher plus Ann Coulter. Ugh. Um, son of the wolf the boondock says that only certain guarding tools can run in heels maybe that is true you can't say ho Hmm. even that one's lost on me all the heel references and the heel joke I have no idea what anyone's talking about I don't think that anybody really knows it's like what Uh, life to the max Matt and Blonde would you say yo in your best n-word voice as a shout out to my friend Stephen Ignoramus Show 1000 is November 17th, and Matt was one of his first guests on his pod, Call Me Ignorant. Yo. 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 I can't I, yo. I can't do it with a, some kind of racial tone, so I'll just say yo. And all the best Crack to Stephen, man. Uh, hope you're doing well. Slosher, regarding the Panama incident, I don't know if I'm a pussy, but if I'm having an argument with somebody and they pull a pew-pew, they win the argument. I would have left <laughs> right away. Oh, yeah. If somebody pulls a gun on me, I'm like, see ya. Uh, well, Traffic's clear. Yeah, I mean, I, I I would say that um, that's there are situations in which you have to stand your ground and defend yourself. But in this in this point, obviously, the people blocking traffic are aggressors in the first place, and yeah. so it would be wise for them to leave. 
and that would have been the best possible uh, scenario for sure. I don't um, think there's and certainly if you're not armed uh, and someone is pointing a gun at you, it's definitely wise to leave at that point. That's just yeah. uh, that's that's the wisdom of recognizing superior force at that point. That's true. Um, Bill is got to give it to the Panama boomer. Less climate activism is a public service. I don't think that their activism had anything to do with climate activism. Did you see any evidence of that? I'll. I know it's a mining thing, so I don't know if that has to do with water pollution. I don't know if that has to do with uh, greenhouse gases. I don't know the reason that they're But it's there. like a local thing. I, I, I can't be the only person that like this matters to me about this. The situation. perspective of the protesters does not matter to me in terms of evaluating the morality of the situation at all. Now, I could I could. Like, <laughs> are there certain entertainment factors that that uh perspectives may influence yeah i would say that but like in terms of who's right and who's wrong it's not an opinion-based thing yeah but like what if this has a a a major effect on their local quality of of drinking water yeah great you don't get to block the road over it though you don't get to take people but it makes me it. it makes me feel for those people more than these like worldwide climate activists that are trying to to um do some globalist horseshit like this is a local issue yeah but that doesn't entitle the, to them to the behavior they were exhibiting to block people in a public yeah i know uh, just passage. seemed like he like really overdid like really overdid. well to go to bat for him too i'm guessing it's not the first time he's seen that <laughs> i'm guessing he's probably yeah. dealt with this for some time well, why so. the fuck does he live in Panama? Not that America's really doing too great, but hmm. you know. Um, Ryan Spratt, in defense of Matt and Tennant, I felt too out of the loop to ever join the old Colin show. Last Wednesday was the first time I ever watched a Matt and Wednesday show and loved it. Never stop innovating, friends. See? Well, thanks, man. I'm glad you came over and checked it out. And I, I have high hopes for the new Wednesday production. And, you know, I I have I obviously understand that that's a small production for now. And I'm kind of glad to do it that way. To be honest, uh, going on the the Wednesday show was the most nervous I've been to fire up a stream in a long time because it's good though. Yeah, it, it, anytime you're starting something that you're not used to, you're going outside of your comfort zone a little bit. So I was kind of nervous and had a little bit of anxiety all day leading up to that. And then as soon as I got it going, it's like okay, I know how to do this. This is sort of the, I mean, this is the same thing I always do, just in a little bit different format. Yep. And and if I can build it to be a place where I can where I can get some, some guests to come over and have a chat. I think it's going to be really cool. And uh, so I have high hope, high hope for it. It's not um, certainly not to diminish the call-in show and what the call-in show was, but I also feel like in its current format, the call-in show had kind of run its course. And I don't, what I mean by that is, as I've mentioned, living in the, the YouTube jail world where it's very, very hard to get new discovery that also has consequences for the call-in show because it means that our potential caller pool is artificially constrained by the Susans and the Raja Mahans of the world. And so our call-in show was kind of uh, in, in an isolated community. It's very hard to, mm-hmm. we have spoken to the same callers many, many times. Again, I appreciate everybody's contribution to that show. And I've had a lot of valuable conversations with the people who called in. So I'm not saying like, Oh, this sucks. I, I hate hearing from the same people over and over again. No, it just means that like at some point, if you want to have some conversations with new people about new things, that was a format that 
didn't really lend itself to that. It's not the fault of the callers. And I, I, I don't think it's our fault per se. I mean, we can go make something new anytime we want, but again, the circumstances of the, of the platform are a little bit limited. This is just a new opportunity to try something in a format that I haven't done yet. Like something that's more driven by me individually in a way that I think I can secure some one-on-one guest interviews and some other things that I just haven't done myself and I would like to try. I think it's going to be a great opportunity for that. And I I also kind of like doing a tighter stream too, you know, like the Sunday show is a near three hour production. The call-in show was a nearly three hour production. You can, I guess, scale those back if you want, but I kind of like fitting something into a nice, clean, compact hour too. It's totally, yeah, yeah, it's, it's a good format. Um, God, I lost my place. What is wrong with me? Uh, uh, Tortuga. Yeah, Tortuga. You didn't hit a million views on 10 at the first night, so I'll give you $20 to help you get there. Thank you so <laughs> Thanks. much. Uh, we're coming close. Yeah. Uh, Vanessa Stiller, following you to Tenet led me to several awesome Lauren Southern videos, and they're equally fascinating. I think it's great. I hope her followers find you. That is true. There is this opportunity for all of your audiences uh, to find each other. Yeah, uh, that's the idea. And and I'm glad you checked out Lauren's stuff. And I know that she's working hard and I think she's putting out uh, good stuff over there too. So I uh, I think it's going to be, obviously, I think it's going to be great. I wouldn't have signed up to participate if I didn't. And uh, I appreciate you giving it a shot. Ryan Haas, what the fuck, Matt? Why can't I donate to the Wednesday show? I demand you take this money and think about what you've done. By the way, is it inappropriate to ask how your families are doing? I love hearing about it. But I see how it could be weird to ask who both of our families. You want to I assume, yeah. Uh, well, uh, it could be, um, it, we're entering any time now territory for our second son. So that's exciting. And I think, uh, we're probably at least a couple of weeks out realistically, but I bet he might be here by the end of November into early December. So stand by for that. But other than that, I mean, everything is, is awesome. We've been able, as I've discussed in recent weeks, been able to move my parents close by. So grandma and grandpa are just within walking distance. And that's made it much easier on my wife and I. And is she 35 weeks pregnant? Something like that. I don't know. Oh my God. Yeah, it might be it is happening. The due dates. It might be closer to 36 because the due dates, December 18th, but yeah, every, everything personally is great. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better situation. So I'm really thankful for that. And, uh, hope you're doing well as well, Ryan and blonde. If you yeah, want to chime in about what's going on with baby two for you. Oh yeah. I, I mean, this pregnancy has been really, really hard. I'm 30 weeks. So, um, the baby's measuring like really big and I'm expecting to go into labor early as well. So I'm probably looking at, I think maybe a Christmas baby that'll put me at about 36 weeks. So we'll see about that. My husband's doing great. Emmeline's doing great. Everything's, everything's really good. Thank you. Happy Ryan. time. Yeah. We love Aristotle's you. Ghost. You're very special. We love you. Just a couple notes on the questions there. Cause I know you're talking about super chats on the Wednesday show. I did clarify cause um, this last Wednesday we didn't take any and the channel's not even set up for that. Cause they haven't applied. I guess they are going to apply for super chats. That will be an option going oh, forward. Okay. I don't know about this Wednesday. Oh, that's what um, he meant. Okay. Yeah. I, I so if that's the sort of thing that you want to do, um, I will have to figure out how I'm going to handle that because like I said, I I'm aiming for kind of a, a tight production on this one, like something that, that fits in an hour and is compact and efficient. And so how super chat 
fits into that. I don't know exactly at the moment. And I'm thinking maybe we'll do some email questions. I don't know. Once I figure out kind of a, a the exact format, I'd like to have some audience interaction at the end, maybe 10 minutes or something. Um, that could in- include super chat that could include email questions. I don't know is the answer right now, but I'm going to figure that out. And the, the options will be available. So stand by for that. And then the other question I get frequently is, um, if people are going to be able to listen to that show on audio platforms, the answer to that is yes, they're coming. But, uh, since that show is on tenant, tenant will be hosting the podcast platforms. So I won't be posting the audio of that show on the feed for this show, but there will be a podcast audio feed of that in the coming weeks. So sit tight for that. Um, Aristotle's ghost. I'm becoming Eastern Orthodox for all the Catholics out there. I said on the Colin show that I would be Catholic for the rest of my life. That was until I discovered Jay Dyer. Shout out to Orwell. You know, I um, have heard this before about Jay Dyer. Is this guy for real? I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know who that is. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Pope causes such huge problems that pe- people are starting to view orthodoxy with a much more positive light, which is a move I support. Mint 20 says, Lesbo snaps her Achilles right before she retires. The gods truly are just. Also, the Pam- Panama boomer yeah. shooter has my energy all the time. It's also tiresome, also based. Did he say that? Is that a quote from him? It's also tiresome. <laughs> no, that's from that documentary, um, Empire of Dust. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen this. This is the uh, the Chinese guy trying to build ra- railroads in Africa. Was that the yeah. bit? Right. I've yep, seen that yep. before. Okay. Spring Hill Jack. Hey, Matt, I'm a huge fan. Should I move to Missoula or another comfy Montana city? I want to get out of mm. Denver. Uh, well, I, w- I would say that I would rather live anywhere in Montana than most other places in the country. Missoula would be low on the list, though, for a bunch of reasons. Number one, because it's one of the leftist enclaves in the state and probably the worst one, actually, because you're going to get things like Zoe Zephyr got got elected from (gasps) Missoula. Right. Crazy tranny in our state legislature. So you're getting some kind of Portland elements or Seattle elements in certain parts of Missoula. Uh I would say if if you want to move to Montana, I I don't know what your situation is. I don't know. It depends on a lot of things. Depends on what you're looking for kind of ideologically in that way and what you're looking for financially. I would say that the best place to go for opportunity, um, live a a quality of life that's decently affordable and reliable, conservative or non-insane politics. I would check out Billings Uh, and Billings. Billings has some rough parts because. Billings is close to the Crow Indian Reservation and some other things that, you know, it's on I-90 and there's a lot of Bozeman's on I-92. So we do get our fair amount of like uh, east-west, you know, drug trafficking and stuff like that. There is some crime in Billings, Um, but it's the biggest city in the in the state. There's a lot of job opportunity and you can still get a nice house in the nice neighborhoods for like a non-insane price. It is going up but you can still find a decent quality of life there. So if I was moving from out of state, I would check out Billings and I would probably check out Flathead Lake, uh, the Flathead Lake area too, over Missoula. Uh, really pretty, really awesome uh, scenery uh, up there. A lot of outdoor opportunity and the politics in the Flathead Lake area are uh, more sane than Missoula. <laughs> Though um, cost of living, depending on where you're trying to live in that area might, might still be high too. But if you decide to come uh, come to Montana, uh, 
good luck and um and say the word if you're driving through bozeman sometime why be nick says americans should expect no rights abroad just as foreigners should be wary in the u.s citizenship means nothing when traveling the lands of another one should tread very lightly i i totally agree with you i mean he was a citizen people are saying he was born there and he was married to a how do you say this panaman panam i think it's panamanian isn't it pan seriously i think i I might be wrong on that married to a tasmanian woman um yeah so he had he had a legal right to be there but just as i um don't really want foreigners in this country i can see how people of panama would be like this fucking white guy came in and then just like murdered two people because we had this local grievance i really see both sides of this well it <laughs> are you looking it up uh panamanian are you right well the denonym let's see what the official denonym is here on pomeranian no it is panamanian can i get wow. a pronunciation here no well we don't have done one. panamanian that just does not sound right but i believe it yeah it's, it's, that's that's the denonym boo cough female phd student sorry blonde and a leftist uni northwest Surrounded by such smart idiots who fully buy into the COVID BS, not looking forward to the stupidity of ramping up as winter approaches. You know, there's something about like a like a smart person that has failed this test of idiocy that I find so much more disappointing than a dumb person failing a test of idiocy. Because they have the stuff there to not be a fucking retard or a drain on society. Yet here we are. A dumb person, it's like, well, they were born at a market disadvantage. So my heart goes out to them. You're yeah. born dumb. That sucks, man. That fucking sucks. When you're in you're academics. Born smart. Yeah, exactly. Academia is, is insulated from a lot of market realities by virtue of its uh, public subsidy. I think that's how a lot of those smart people become so dumb. They don't have to live with real world accountability. Their job is all but guaranteed through, you know, the tenure that they earn and then the public money that's dumped into those institutions. It doesn't matter if they pump out degrees that mean nothing in the real world economy. They're protected from those realities so they can think about these abstract theories and the way that the world ought to work instead of how it actually does. And actually does, they can right. massage their elite brain that way while simultaneously having no knowledge or no understanding or sympathy with how the world actually operates. They, they live in an ivory tower and think about how it should be rather than how it is. Yep. That's totally true. Um, I think I only have one more spring heel Jack blonde. Don't change your hair. You're perfect. Sweetheart. Just post prego pics and it's all good. What is hmm. up with you guys? You know, I understand this like pregnancy sexual attraction even less than I understand like a foot fetish. I don't get it at all. I'm infertile because yeah, I'm I, carrying another man's child right now. Like I I could not have lower sexual market value to any man than I do at this very the, moment in my life. Uh, yeah, I would never understand men who are attracted to pregnant women who are not their wives slash carrying their own child. I don't get it at all. Yeah, that's it's weird. Just it's just strange. Strange to me, but you strange man, spring heel Jack. I all do right. appreciate it though. I've never felt more disgusting and fat, so I'll take what I can get these days. I think we're all set on Odyssey D Live. Looks good on Rumble, and I think we're set on YouTube and Tippy. So we will call it uh, a little bit early tonight, but that's okay because uh, I need to get some sleep, man. That's it's been a rough weekend. I don't know what's going on with me, but any longer I'm gonna have to go back to the doctor and say. I think I have DVT in my abdomen. Isn't my DVT. But uh, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Very much appreciated. 
Uh, appreciate your uh, your live chats, your super chats, all your contributions to the live stream. If you are uh, listening later on demand, thank you kindly as well for supporting the show. Appreciate you too. If you'd like more to listen to, we do have more material over on the audio platforms. You can find the replay of all the past shows, even the old call-in shows, some of Blonde's interviews, all that stuff. Check out the podcast page of the website, uh, mattchristensenmedia.com. Speaking of, soon to be, a, well, you can get the video show now, but my new hour-long Wednesday show, the Matt Christensen Hour, up on the podcast page, too. You can listen to that if you'd like as well. Uh... Other than that, check out the website, of course, to find anything show-related, mattchristensenmedia.com or mattis.gay if you can't remember how to spell my name. We will be back next Sunday, because if it's Sunday, sorry, Kristen Welker, who now hosts the show. It's not me at the press. It is the Matt and Blonde Show. Good night. Bye.